Welcome to the Church Talk Podcast with Rob and Jason. We're glad you joined us as we dive into conversations about culture, theology, leadership, and God's mission for the church in the world today. Each week, we come alongside church leaders and pastors from all over the world to help them build healthy ministries and healthy lives. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Welcome to the Church Talk Podcast with Rob and Jason. I am Rob. And I'm Jason. (laughs) Hey, it is great to be here with you guys uh, this week. And I know that uh, you hear it every week. It's sort of like the uh, announcement video in church, right? Where uh, people who are there every single week, they're like, they tune out. They don't listen to that uh, because they think they know everything. So maybe you do that. But we really want you to know Um, You know, we care deeply about engaging with you, equipping you, and encouraging you. Uh, You know, so I thought here at the beginning, it'd be a good thing to dispel any myths. So some of you might not know this, but uh, uh, Jason, how many sponsors is it that we have now? Um, None that I know of. Zero sponsors, right? So actually, (laughs) I, I suppose the more honest answer is that we have two sponsors, and they're you and me. So okay, yeah, I'll uh, give you that. Nobody pays us uh, to do this podcast, although we do have gracious uh, employers that allow us uh, the time to do it. And we actually live uh, nine times out of ten when we record, uh, we are about ninety minutes away. So one of us is usually driving, you know, kind of a three-hour round trip to do this. So we do this. Um, honestly, for for no reason other than that we really care deeply um, about ministry leaders and pastors, and we want to do everything we can to help encourage and equip you guys. And that kind of leads us to today. Uh, And Jason, um, our special guest is somebody I met through you. And every time I've been around him, and I've been around him a number of times because you've invited me to some things, we actually won a golf outing with him a number of years ago, uh, and I'm not going to talk about who carried who in that golf outing. Uh, but um, man, every time I've been around this guy, uh, he just has been an encourager. You never feel like he's trying to sell you anything, um, and he just has a heart to pour into people um, who are involved in ministry. Yes, uh, and and actually, you know, I the reason I even know our guest today is because uh, it, basically I signed up for uh, something through the Unstuck group with Tony Morgan. I, uh, I received a, a grant so that it covered coaching, personal coaching for me uh, for like half the cost or whatever. And so I signed up for it and got a notification that I had received the grant and uh, they had assigned me this coach who I'd never heard of, didn't know, but I thought, well, we'll see what happens. And, and I, was, I was at a pretty low point in ministry uh, to say the least. And uh, I, connected with the zoom call and this guy with his southern accent which automatically made me like him more uh came on and you know we, we were able to get to know each other and, and i can truly uh say that that he was instrumental in, in in really keeping me in the ministry and uh keeping me uh even with any type of positive outlook on life uh he played a big big role in that and so i am excited uh that we get to have some time today to have a conversation with my my friend, uh, as well as the director, executive director of 95 Network, and the author of the book Stalled, 
uh, Hope and Help for Pastors, who thought they'd be there by now. Uh, his name is Dale Sellers. And uh, Dale, welcome to the Church Talk Podcast. This has already been so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rob, Rob comes on and says, look, okay, basically, I'll treat this like, the, like the, you do the... Uh, you do the announcements at church, just don't listen to them. I'm going, that is not the way to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't do very many things like normal people. <laughs> um, so that's also, that's why you like to hang out with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great to be with you guys. Yeah, well, really so Dale, I just want to dive right in because, you know, you, you've been the executive director of 95 Network for, is it five years now? Four? I've been here full time for four years. Four I, was, years. I was on the board for about a year and a half before that. Um but uh, as far as leading executive director, uh, July is my anniversary. So it, we okay. just did four years. Okay. Um, I, for those you know listeners who maybe just don't know anything about 95 Network, they've never heard of it. Uh, I can tell you right now, it'll be in the show notes, but uh, 95network.org is the website. You can find lots out there. Um, but can you give me like just a synopsis? What, what's 95 Network all about? Yeah, I'll give you the big rundown. The name comes from the fact that 95% of the churches in America, at the time that um, we came up with all these stats, there are about 300,000 churches in America. I think that's lower now because of the effects of the pandemic, but I don't know the exact numbers. But 300,000 churches, 95% of them have less than uh, 500 people attending. Uh, 87% have less than 200 people attending. And 75% of all the churches in America have less than 100 people attending. Again, pre-pandemic numbers. The reason that's important is because it, it helps us to understand the small and the mid-sized church are the backbone of the church in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think people who see you know, the larger church, and I'm not an anti-anything, so I don't, I'm not, I don't hate on the mega church. I don't hate on the large church. We need all the churches we can get. Uh, but um, I think most people assume because they see something on television or on, on, on Instagram or whatever, uh, they think all churches are like the big churches. And that's not the case. Uh, most churches are, 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 I guess, if you compare it to Walmart and a mom and pop store, most churches are mom and pop stores. And uh, I feel like the small and the mid-sized church is very under-resourced. Um, one of the things that we do, we do five, think of five C's. The first one is content. We create content to help churches. Uh, so every article we write, every podcast we do, we do a weekly podcast like you guys. Every one of those is designed to encourage or strengthen some aspect of small church ministry. Uh, we do consulting where uh, you, Jason, have been trained in this thing we do called Vision Day, where we'll go and we will work with an individual church for a day and do a strategic planning retreat. We, we keep that simple because most churches have never been through that, and we give them one action item to focus on over the next few months and uh, for 12 to 18 months, and that's been very successful as we've done that. Uh, one of the other things we do is another C's called Connections, and, and, and that, the dream behind the Connections was if, Rob, if you reached out to me, and you said, hey, man, I need help with something, and you name what it was. My dream was is that if anyone ever reaches out to me, that we'd be able to hand them off to somebody who could help them in that arena. And so we have, I think it's 24, 28, something like that, strategic partners. But we also have a resource directory that just tons of ministries on there that help with anything from pastoral health to finding a sound system to uh, a discipleship, just all the different aspects of the church. Uh, and so that's that's the very important too. We do coaching. Uh, Jason's one of our coaches as, as well, and uh, we pro- provide that. And then um, the last thing we do uh, is called conferences. This conference was designed with this thought in mind that most small church pastors or leaders, when they go to a big church conference, they, they walk away with one of two thoughts. They think, well, man, I'm so glad that church can do that, but 
I could never do that. So they walk away going, one, I could never do that. Or two, worse, they go back and try to do what they just saw. So here's some pastor in rural Kansas in a town of 2000 in a church of 80 who gets lights and a hazer. And in two weeks he's fired because they said he said his church set the church on fire. Well, it's not, it's not smoke. It's haze. Uh, but, uh, and it's not that the principles don't translate. It's just, we can't do it in the small church the way they do it in the big church. We, we've got to find out who we are. And so um, those are the, those are kind of the an overview of who 95 network is and our bread and butter, our focus is the small and the mid-sized church leader. Yeah. And, and I know just from hanging out with you and uh, so forth that you, you, you really do have a, a heart for, you know, the, the small and the mid-sized church. Uh, I've just seen you, you know, praying over and, and, and really passionate over helping pastors in that situation. So, uh, you know, anybody I run into who's in that small to mid-sized church, first thing I tell them is go check out 95 Network because uh, there's just tons of help and, and resources there. Um, well, Jason, that comes from the fact that I've pastored a small church for 12 years. Our church grew from 30 to 300 and then back to 150 because in the eighth year we had a terrible split. And then four years later, we had to close it. And I was a mess. Uh, I, you know, it, it had such an effect on me. I just turned 60 last month. And uh, when I was 53, I had quadruple bypass surgery. I had open heart mm -hmm. surgery. Uh, there's, and I asked my surgeon, I said, how did this happen to me? I said, there's no history of heart disease in our family. I've never smoked except for six months in high school. And I didn't inhale cause that's terrible for your lungs. And then, the, <laughs> the, and then I, I wasn't severely overweight. I said, how did this happened to me? He said, hypertension and high blood pressure because of your vocation. And I said, are you saying a ministry almost killed me? He said, that's exactly what I'm saying. So those that do ministry, especially in the last two years, it's a high stress job. And so when we get a chance to get to sit down with pastors, man, we want to love on those folks. We want to encourage them. We want them to understand, hey, you, you're not less than because you pastor a small church. And, and our main focus at 95 Network, and I want to make sure I lay this out, our main focus is health first. If you're an unhealthy pastor, we don't want your church to grow because you're just going to have a bigger mess. But if you have a small church and, 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 and you get healthy and you have a healthy ministry, then 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 we want you to reach your community, but it's not about getting caught up in all the, what, what I call the residue. We live in the residue of the seeker and the, uh, attractional movement. Most of us, you guys have it in your head. Cause you've been in ministry. I've got it in my head. So much of what we draw is the baseline for our perspective is wrong because mm -hmm. we've grown up in this atmosphere of, you know, of flashy and bigger and better. And again, I'm not anti anything. I love music. I love bands. I love lighting. I love all that. But at the end of the day, we, we got so busy giving them church. We forgot to give them Jesus. Mm. That's so good. And Dale, I, uh, I love to just one of the, one of those, uh, C's, you know, with the idea of when people have questions I, all the time, I have people, pastors reach out to me and ask questions that I really don't know, you know, the answer to or who to connect them to. So I think that's a that's an incredible thing, um, even down to the super practical stuff. I know for me, uh, so many times if I'm at a conference and they have those cool lights that kind of sit on mm -hmm. the stage and pan around, yeah. uh, a number of times I've kind of thought, oh, that'd be cool to have some of those till you go up and you punch into your phone like the model number and it comes up that that one light mm -hmm. was $8,000 mm -hmm. and there's 20 of them on the mm -hmm. stage and you start doing the math. So man, dude, it, I work with one it, church it, that their 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 video the video projector, they have two of them. They're four hundred thousand dollars a piece. Wow, my, my small church budget didn't hit that for three years. 
<laughs> I don't mean for both of them. I mean for one of them. It ended four hundred thousand dollars for three years. So it's a different world. And I will say this: one of the things about that I love, and and this is why I connect with guys like you and Jason, is you know because I was a small church pastor, because I have lived it, I have done it, I've experienced it. One of the things I've discovered is that a lot of consultants. And a lot of people who are telling churches what to do, specifically, I'm going to go ahead and go here now, in seminaries and Christian colleges have never pastored a church. Mm-hmm. So you got people out there telling you how to do stuff. You know, like if you have an unruly board member, oh, you just need to put them in their place. Well, you go to that, you go put them in their place. You, you go tell them that. It's kind of like, you know, with, when you listen to sports talk and, and some guy goes, well, I'll tell you what, if I saw Tom Brady, I'd tell him when I thought. I'm, no, you wouldn't. And so when you're with a consultant that, that tells you, they give you the, the academic thing that they've come up with of how to solve problems, that doesn't work. You know, pastoring's, pastoring's dirty. It's hands-on. And I always tell folks, you know, if you want diamonds and gold, you first got to mine them out of the dirt and, mm-hmm. and quit stealing the diamonds and gold from somebody else who's already, already polished them. Find your own diamonds and gold, dig them out of the dirt. But it, that's a process which we don't do very well in the church, especially small church called discipleship. Y'all ever heard of that? I, I've yeah. read about it somewhere. <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> well, so t- tell me this then, Dale. Like, what j- I know you spend a lot of time in a lot of churches and talking with a lot of pastors. Um, what are you seeing currently in the area of like pastoral health? I mean, h- how are pastors faring now that we're, you know, we're kind of through the, the pandemic, but the impact we're still feeling? Carnage, carnage mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, one of the things that I had said, and I know you and I talked about this, Jason, a year and a half ago, uh, I said that I felt like that when we got uh, back to meeting in person again, there would be a second wave of the effect of the pandemic. And what I mean by that is, I don't mean that COVID is going to ramp back up to the level that it was at one point, but I felt like what would happen with, with specifically in our small churches is that we would, we once we started gathering and we saw that people didn't come back or and as as it has turned out uh, most statistics tell us that 30 percent of our key volunteers have not come back and that's 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 devastating to a small church so when we saw that happening um and then we began to not know what to do what we always do when you put in a situation that where you don't know what to do you always go to your default and your default is, is you go there because it's, you know, it is safe mm-hmm. it's secure uh, and you can implement it. The problem is, is our default wasn't working before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. One of the things we've discovered that has been very clear, stadiums are full, malls are full, concerts are full, theme parks are full. Everything in the world is full now that we've gotten not on, on the backside of the pandemic. I don't know that we can say it's post pandemic yet. The one thing that's not full is the church. And the reason the church isn't full is because it wasn't engaging before the pandemic. We were trying our best to help churches understand that. And so, you know, um, I wrote an article last year called Seven Years and Seven Weeks. And, and you were with me, Jason, when I got the inspiration for this. We were with Dan Nold, and he talked about this. And, and basically what's happened is, is we found out in seven weeks where we were going to be in seven years, the trajectory that our church was on. And most of mm-hmm. us were just not prepared for what happened there. So pastors don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn. Uh, the seminary training has failed them. It, it's taught them how to, to exegete and to teach them the deep levels of pe- preaching, which is great. But to, to be honest with you, we'll go here too. God didn't call us to be preachers. He called us to be equippers. In America, we, we produce preachers, but we don't produce equippers. You can mm. preach to equip, but if all you, you know, I asked, I had one pastor tell me this one time. He said, I said, well, what do you want to do? His church is struggling. I said, what do you want? He says, man, I just want to preach every week and write books. I said, well, don't, don't we all? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? You know, but that's not real life. Pastors are called to be equippers. 
and that and that's basically discipling and 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 th that's not flashy uh it's not it's not something that you know you, you get excited about but that's that's what we're supposed to be doing and so um now that we are in this new america honestly guys i believe we're in a reformation I believe we're in a reformation to the level of, I call it Lutheresque. I, I, we're not going to pin something to the door, but I believe we're at a place now where, where the church, especially in America, is being re reformed right before our eyes. And there'll be a lot of folks who won't, who won't, who unfortunately will not get in on that. Well, I mean, history tells us about every 500 years that happens. Um, you know, even, you know, 1000 was the great schism, 1500 was the reformation. Um, so we were due, uh, that's for mm -hmm. sure. And, and so I, that, that doesn't surprise me because we as humans generally screw things up. <laughs> we and, we uh, have that gift. I've always said, you know, <laughs> I always was blown away that God gave the church to, to humans. <laughs> yeah. But he did. Yeah. You know, Dale, as you were saying that I was thinking, um, we've said this before on the podcast and a couple episodes ago, uh, we actually interviewed my son who's 17. He, mm -hmm. uh, he just started his uh, senior year of high school and um, and we we're just talking about, you know, pouring into young leaders and, and equipping and encouraging young leaders. But man, one of the things I tell him all the time, because he's expressed some interest in the church and in ministry has been, listen, you know, the way that you have experienced church and ministry and you've seen, you know, your dad engage in church and ministry likely won't be the same if you, you know, enter vocational ministry. It's likely going to change directly throughout your vocational life. Um, so I, I, you know, I think that just goes right with what you're saying. Like the church is changing kind of in our midst right now. And I want to say this too, it's a good change. It's it's not a bad change. We, we, we had a lot of folks that just, I don't, I, I guess y'all want an honest podcast. We got a lot of folks that just, they, they, they're not lazy, they're content. And, mm. and there's a biblical content. There's a biblical content of going, okay, I'm, I'm happy serving right where I am right now. I'm, I'm, I have the joy of the Lord serving right, right where I am. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the content that says you can't get up and go share Jesus with anybody. One of our friends on our on our team at 95 Network, John Sanders, uh, talks. He's created a company called the um, the Entree Pastors, and it's to help pastors get make money outside the church because we believe in the next ten years the financial situation of the church may be so dire that pastors, if they're going to stay in ministry, going to have to have a, what we call a real job out, out in the world. That's good because mm -hmm. a lot of pastors never rub shoulders ever with a lost person. They're, they live in these bubbles and these insulate and that that's not G that's not what Jesus modeled. And right. so, you know, a lot of folks are just, they've been making decent salaries. Again, this is small church. So this is not necessarily our group, maybe the upper echelon of the, of the mid-sized church they've been making and, and they don't want anything to upset the apple cart. And, and that's just terrible. You know, Jesus didn't call us to be comfortable. He, you know, I heard someone say a long time ago that, you know, Jesus will comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. That's what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah, And we need to understand there's a bigger picture than our personal pain today. Uh, one of the things we've been trying to be very uh, weary of, or, or be aware of with 95 Network is I know pastors are hurting. I know they're going, but, but they're not the only ones. Mm -hmm. Everybody's hurting. Yeah. And so, if, and so uh, in fact, I even told our team, we, we got to back off a little bit. I, I feel like we're being so, uh, I don't want to coddle, if you will, I want to encourage and, and build up, but I also want, I don't want us to think that we're the only ones going through difficulties. Everybody is. And honestly, that makes you a better pastor when you kind of go through the same stuff you people go through. Absolutely. Uh, 
Yeah. That is so good. That is so good. Hey, Dale, that was that answer is a little bit uncomfortable. So let's let's sort of brush over that and move to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you're going to have a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was uh, I was on the website. And, and as we think about, you know, the carnage mm -hmm. uh, that we're seeing everywhere, because, you know, we are in the midst of a lot of change in the church and in ministry and with people and who are ministry leaders. So can you tell us a little bit about these soul care essentials that you've added to uh, the mm -hmm. website? What, what are those all about and how can they help? Well, actually, a lot of why we did this because of Jason. We, we had a team meeting back in February uh, and we just talked about the fact that, hey, you know what? 95, what 95 Network basically does is it helps churches uh, with strategic planning, with structure, with the things they weren't trained to do. It's very practical stuff. And, and, and here's the thing, we, we didn't get rid of any of that. But what we began to recognize was we had pastors who would tell us, look, we're not coming to the conference to learn mission and vision and leadership development. Uh, we're not coming to learn about how to create a discipleship pathway or communicate effectively or, or raise up um, uh, a healthy volunteer culture, because right now we're just trying to get through the day. So when, when you are defeated, when you are discouraged, when you don't, when you've gone to your default and it's not working, you just, you get frozen. And so I'm, I, I talked to the team, we had a, a great time together and we said, we, we've got to come up with something to reach pastors and pastor pastors where they are today. So we've been working on this. We it went on, we went live on the website last week. We've been working on it since February <laughs> because yeah. we, we, what we have is we have, it's called soul care essentials. And, and honestly, uh, Rob, most of it is not quote unquote spiritual, if you will. It's more about your, your health outside of ministry. And so what we've encouraged, we do is you go through it and, and you fill out certain things. And then there's a series of follow-up emails that you get. There's links so that you can get on a call with me or one of our teammates. Uh, and there's materials that we provide that, that when you do fill out the thing, it triggers and sends you like maybe a podcast or an article that goes with that specific issue you're dealing with, because we figured this out. If, if pastor's not healthy, uh, it doesn't matter if we have all kinds of things to help them, then they're not going to use it. And so with, but with that in mind, we also have right beside that you, you had the soul care essentials is the healthy church assessment. So maybe you're mm -hmm. feeling like you're okay right now, but you don't know what to do. Then we've got the healthy church assessment. And as you fill that out again, it'll trigger emails to certain, we have, we have a lot of content at 95 network. We've been doing this for a while. It can be overwhelming if you don't know specifically what you want to do. So both of those are do deep dives into issues that you may be dealing with, but they also connect you with the human being that wants to help you. One of the things that was true of 95 Network before, uh, really before the pandemic, is I average about three calls a week from a pastor somewhere in America that I've never met, who finds us and goes, hey, I just need help. In the last nine months, I've had one call. Mm -hmm. That tells me a lot of folks are just giving up. And now it's, it's beginning to pick back up again. And I do think this will be, we'll, we'll discover this to be true. Last year, pastors did not take vacations. The majority of pastors in the small church arena, they, they did not take a Sunday off during the whole, the whole heat of the pandemic. I think this summer they did. And that's very mm. encouraging. I, I keep hearing about pastors who did sabbaticals and, and go on vacation and, and so maybe that has something to do with why we just haven't had the inquiries we typically do, but it has begun uh, actually last week, it just started ramping back up again. You know, I, I typically do 10 to 15 vision days a year uh, to, to at this point, I've done one this year, 
but now I've already got three more booked. And so I think what's happening is they finally realize I need some soul care. <laughs> I need some, I need a break. And they're doing that. And then they'll come back on the backside of that. So that's why we have the soul care essentials and then the healthy church assessment right beside each other. Cause if you feel like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good now. I need some help in developing what I need to develop. That's why it's there. And I love sort of those sort of two tiered approaches. Mm -hmm. I love the both. And I love what you said near the beginning you know, that uh, if a pastor's not healthy, you know, you don't want to help him grow his church because he's just nope. going to grow something that creates a bigger mess and even more carnage. So it's, it's, what a, it's, what a it'll, beautiful it'll be, thing. It'd just be terrible to, for him, for his family, for, or her. I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, if you're not healthy, this we, we don't deal with trauma. We don't deal with un pastors have been programmed. I'm older than you boys. I'm 60. You, you know, y'all are still kids, but, but in my era, Pat, they would tell us things like, look, you have to sacrifice your family for the sake of the ministry. You have to sacrifice your marriage to save other people's marriage. You have to sacrifice your kids. And, 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 and I even heard one guy said he was in a seminary with a seminary professor said, look, Jesus will take care of your family. If you'll take care of everybody else's families. That's garbage. But that's the mindset that, that has existed for so long. And so we've also been told if you've been hurt or if you're hurting or if you have a traumatic situation, suck it up, man. Buck it up. You're a pastor. Get with it. You know, you, God's called you to be the, he's called you to be Superman. That's not true. It's not true. And so uh, the one cool thing that has come out of the pandemic, I will say absolutely that I think is great, is that pastors have realized it's okay to go get help for emotional needs. It's okay to say, I need soul care. It's okay to go, Hey, you know what? I'm not healthy. And, and then I'll stop after this, Rob, but there's this book, this guy in the Bible named Jesus. He modeled this for us. Yeah. He, he would do great ministry. He'd go off to the mountaintop, mountaintop, right? Pastors don't do that. Pastors preach on Sabbath, but just don't do it. And, so, and I tell him, Hey, you're in sin. If you, if you don't Sabbath, you're in sin. It was, it was established in creation that we'd have a Sabbath and God mm -hmm. took a day off and he wasn't even tired. It's not about just being <laughs> tired. It's about refreshing, replenishing, and refocusing on him. So there you go. Yeah, that, that's that's good stuff. Jason's <laughs> looking at me like, oh my God, you just opened a fire hose. I mean, a, a fire hydrant. <laughs> this is this is normal when I hang out with you. What are you talking well, about? Well, you know, guys, there's just I love the church and there's no plan B. There's no there's this is got and and it and it's honestly, it's scary how broken it is right now. And the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well around the world. Mm -hmm. The church in America has cancer mm. and, and we got, we can't just keep pretending like we don't, we got to deal with our stuff. And, and most of the programs in place, most of the seminary training, most of the Christian colleges just keep repackaging and doing the same old, same old calling it something new and it's not working. So, but it, but it worked once. <laughs> Isn't that enough? <laughs> you know what? And again, I'm so glad you said that because it's that's as simple as the New Testament. Remember when Jesus takes Peter, James, takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountainside, he turns inside out, and they're going, Whoa, it's good to be here, man. There's God, there's Moses, there's Elijah. Let's build some tents. That's what we've done. Mm -hmm. But in most churches, we spend more time talking about what God did instead of what God's doing. You know, mm -hmm. I can't stand it. And I know it's just going to offend some of your listeners, and I don't mean to be too offensive. But I just, I can't stand it here. Oh, we need the good old days or a good old fashioned, good old, 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 old. Get over it. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same Jesus that moved in the old days is the same Jesus that can move today if we would create vessels or opportunities or platforms for him to move in. He moved in the past because they, they got on their knees and they prayed for him to move. 
But today, mm. everybody wants, oh, you know, yeah, well, we can't add anything new, man. We haven't done it like that in 40 years. That's, that is normal human behavior. And it's in the Bible. You know, they want to build a tabernacle, build, build tents around where Jesus was. Jesus didn't stay in one place, guys. He keeps on moving down the road with, you know, meeting, meeting us where we are. Y'all, y'all fired me up today. <laughs> yeah, I wish, I wish you got excited about stuff, Dale. Right. Come on, Dale. Um, hey, you know, I, I've been, I've been thinking about, uh, we're doing a crazy series next month here at my church. So I've been thinking about, uh, hermeneutics a little bit. And, uh, a principle I heard one time is when you see that God did something in the past, mm -hmm. that means that he can do that. Not that he always necessarily will. And it's interesting how a lot of people, the, their approach to the Bible is if they read something in black and white, they think, well, that's just how God always does everything. That's good. And yet we don't, we don't take that same hermeneutic and apply it to, hey, you know what? Next time you're at the zoo, you know, if you're a believer, just climb over and hang out with the lions in the lion's den because we see clearly in black and white in the Bible that hungry lions are fine. They won't eat Christians, right? If you two do that, do that, let me know because I want to come watch that live. Okay? I don't, <laughs> yeah. don't want to see a video of that. In film. Yeah, film it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing. So if you really think about it, again, we talk about being in the residue of the seeker and the attractional uh, movements. Everybody's looking for that magic formula or that silver bullet. When we, get, when we do our conferences, Jason's been to our conferences with us. We do, I always open the conference by going, okay, look, guys, I, I want y'all to know I've, I, I've got a guaranteed uh, formula that I'm going to give you at the end of the day today that when you do it, your church is going to go by a thousand in the next six months. Everybody looks around, I'm going, I'm not going to do that. It don't exist. <laughs> you know? But everybody's still looking for it. Everybody's still mm -hmm. looking for it. You know, we criticize the books that come out and say, oh, 15 steps to go in your church by 3,000, but we buy the book. And, and it, there is no formula. The, the, there is no magic bullet. There is no way to, uh, if you plug this in and play it, this will happen. It's called getting on your face before Almighty God. And here's the thing I want to say to small church pastors. Look, I, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But, but here's what I believe. I, and I'm actually writing a new book. And this is going to be a new book. Uh, you're alive today because Jesus wanted you alive today. And your ministry today can be powerful right where you are. And I want you to know that as long as there's a lost soul in your town, he's not done. But I think we have this mindset that Jesus is up in heaven and he's, he's talking to all the big church guys, or he's over here with his arm folded and he's forgotten about the small church guys and they, they don't matter. And they're over in the corner. And, you know, when we get to heaven, there'll be mansions for the big church guys. And we'll have little shacks in the far part of heaven. That's not true. Jesus wants to reach everybody everywhere with the same intensity, but here's the difference. If you're not believing him to reach people, if you're not asking him for his plan, if you're not praying for the Holy spirit to anoint you, then that means you're just doing it yourself and you're getting the result you're getting in many cases, because you're not trusting him and having faith for him to do something amazing. He is not in heaven with his arms folded going, I want to bless Rob. I don't have any desire to bless Jason. Jesus wants to reach everybody. So he's not up there. We're not trying to talk him into saving the lost. Uh, he's waiting <laughs> on for us to believe him to do something amazing. And I believe that's what's coming. Uh, is that we're going to get to a place where out of desperation, where, you know, hey, it's so bad now, we got to pray. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> you know, it's so bad now. Maybe we need to ask Jesus to help us. Uh, and as sad as it is, I think that's kind of where we are. Yeah. You know, I was I was actually on a, a, a Zoom call last night with a, an elder team uh, at a church in, in our district. Um, 
and and they're facing some difficult decisions. Uh, a lot of it is results of the pandemic of things that happened and just trying to figure out some things. And and um, they called me in because they they're going to have a congregational meeting uh, in the next week, and they're trying to figure out a strategy as to how to talk about this. And um, and so we were talking, and finally, I just asked him. I said, "Have you told the congregation anything in the last nine months about some of these issues and the, you know, the, the strains and finances and you know stuff like that?" And they're like, "Well, no." And I said, "Well, if you expect them to just respond the way you're responding now, you know, you've had nine months to process this. They're going to look at you like, why didn't you tell us this?" And I said, "What if you just invite them to thirty days of prayer, and you you introduce some of these things?" And, and yeah, I know we're kicking the can down another 30 days before you, you know, take any action. But what if you invite them into it with prayer? And they all looked at me and said, I can't believe we didn't even think of that. And, and I mean, I'm like, I'm not special. I don't know. I just, I just realized, you know what? Prayer actually matters. And when you get a whole community of people praying about something, then all of a sudden things start to change. And it's not because God finally hears. But all of a sudden, you got a whole bunch of people who are focused. It ain't about God here. <laughs> no, about us exactly. Here. And that, that's such great wisdom and great advice mm -hmm. because they did fail by not letting people know what was going on. They did fail by not praying. But that's that's humanity. We, we, we oh, need yeah. grace. We need grace. Yeah. And that 30 days of prayer is a great example of giving the chance for, to have some grace and, and sharing that grace with the congregation. That's good wisdom you gave them. Yeah. Well, and I, I really think, too, you know, Dale, what you're saying is, you know, this idea that we've become desperate is actually going to be really, really good for for Christianity, for the lost, for the church. Um, it's interesting because we live in a culture where we try to avoid, des you know, hitting desperate uh, places at all costs. Uh, but there really image, is man. something. I remember uh just sort of just post college for me is back when Ralph Moore was really you know kind of talking at all the church planning conferences and I just always loved how he would talk about all the people that they reached for Jesus and he's like I'd love to tell you that I'm a super spiritual guy but at the end of the day I knew that if I didn't reach people for Jesus and I didn't grow the church my family was going to starve and and so they're just that's a good approach God does things when we get desperate and, yeah. and, you know, give it all. Well, we are, you boys are dead on. We are desperate. We are well, in a place where only Jesus can solve it. So, so with that in mind though, you know, one thing I know we've added to the 95 network uh, website is the thing called a church uh, health uh, assessment, a healthy church assessment. Mm -hmm. uh, do you mind maybe taking a minute and explaining what that is? Well, what we do is we have you fill out, I think it's a series of 20 questions and, to help you to see, we see, you know, one of our things, again, we try to help with is we help you understand your mission and vision. And again, I know everybody listening has got a, all we got that down, we got a mission statement. It's five pages long, King James in English. That's not mission, man. <laughs> mission, your mission statement should be 12 words or less. And it should be so easy to explain that everybody from your three or four year old kid that can talk to your most senior saint can tell people why you exist. That is the mission. Now, the Great Commission is all everybody's mission. But how Rob, you do it, how Jason, how you do it, and Dale does it is different because of how we wired where we live, where we live. And so you've got to be able to communicate that mission. Well, we believe the mission, um, it, once it's communicated, the vision is how you implement it. So we teach that, how to do mission and vision. We do leadership development. You know, I've had small church pastors literally walk up to me and say, leadership development is not in the Bible. 
And I go, have you ever heard a guy named Jesus? That's what he did for three years. He developed leaders, you know, it's like, mm. come on. Uh, and again, I know there's an anti, an anti growth, anti leadership mentality in a lot of small churches because that stuff didn't work for them. And I, I could go into that for, for hours. Anyway, then we talk about how to have a clear discipleship pathway. This is huge, Rob. Uh, most churches are known for doing 20 things poorly instead of one or two things well. So mm -hmm. if you have a small church, you can't, if you have a small church of you know 80 people, you can't do what the church down the road of, of 2000 can do. They have more resources, more people, more space. You know, they, they have more of everything and God doesn't expect you to. One of our big problems, we keep comparing ourselves to each other and we got to, we got to quit that stuff. But, but what you need to be known for is what is it you do well and do that and double down on it. Do it well. Don't take for granted what you do well, which was what most of us do. And we spend all our energy trying to do things we don't do well. So we help you clear, have a clear discipleship pathway. You know, COVID is a great opportunity to get rid of old programs that don't work. You know, you, you, know, you can blame COVID for it. You know, why, why didn't we bring out that uh, ladies Bible study that nobody came to? Well, COVID, you know, just blame COVID. <laughs> and, and then we do, we talk about communications, both in the church and outside the church. Uh, we talk about the fact that, you know, it's not either or. It's not either in-person is important and online sucks or online is important and in-person. We need both. And I, I literally work with churches all the time that uh, now that the now that they kind of meet in person again, they're just kind of backing off on the online. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You know, 99.9% .9 of everybody, they're going to find you online before they and check you out before they ever visit you in person. So, and we've got a, we've got a whole coaching track we do in that arena called Digital Discipleship Coaching to help pastors learn how to do online better. And so we do that discipleship piece. And then we do uh, what we call it. We close out uh, with a, um, creating a healthy volunteer culture. And so the, the healthy church assessment helps you to determine what is the number one thing you need to work on first. Maybe you can't work on all five of those things or other issues that we may deal with. The assessment pushes to the surface. What is it you need to work on? And we, we have resources to help you. We have coaching to help you. We have things available to help you to uh, solve those problems. Wow. Dale, uh, you said this already, but it's totally true. I mean, you guys just have an amazing toolkit of content to really help people in almost any situation. And and I love that about 95 you, Network. Man. I was, you know, when I was hey. pastoring, we didn't have a 95 Network back in my day. We didn't have anybody to turn to like this. We, we You couldn't tell your friends what you were going through because they would tell your uh, your bishop, you know. I mean, or, or some guys were like, hey, I, I'd like to have your church. So, if, you know, you can't show any crack in your armor. Uh, those days are gone, man. That's good. That's so good. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. uh, you ha released a book uh, that I, has been awesome. And it's actually, um, I'd love to say this and not that because you don't judge books by their cover, right? But uh, so many books, even great ones don't have awesome titles. But uh, I love your title. And actually, I love the subtitle even more stalled hope and help for pastors who thought they'd been there, they'd be there by now. I, I just think that for people in ministry connects with all of us because at one point we had these thoughts about what it would look like. And even if it's good and even if it's healthy for a lot of people, they just really wrestle with what I'm experiencing in my ministry isn't at all what I thought that that would be. Can you tell us a little bit about this uh, book and, and why some pastors and ministry leaders ought to, ought to check it out and pick it up? I uh, started working at the Unstuck Group, which is where I met Jason. And uh, before I did that, I had launched a leadership company. You guys need to, there's a whole history here. But back in the year 2000, I had a chance to go to work with John Maxwell. And I, it was the wrong season. So I turned that down. And, then, and two weeks later, my church split. 
So I went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And at that point, I thought Jesus was done with me, couldn't use me anymore. I took five years off uh, uh, after our church closed and just got out of ministry and did construction. Uh, but when I when the Lord spoke to me in 2014 about launching the leadership ministry, I didn't know what to do anymore. I've been out of out of the, all this kind of stuff for 14 years. So I scheduled an appointment with Tony Morgan, and we're talking. Uh, and and Tony uh, stops me again. I'm you can tell I'm pretty intense, so I'm fired up. I'm telling him all this stuff, and he goes, "Dale, Dale, 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 Dale." He said, "I need I need to tell you something." He says, "I can't relate to you at all. That is not what you want to hear when you call a guru." He goes, "Dude, all I've ever done is work in large churches in the government or in in, in uh, um, uh, in, um, large corporations. I've never worked in small anything. And I said, well, Tony, you need to understand that every small church pastor in America thinks they're going to have a larger church one day. And I don't mean a mega church or even a church of thousands, but nobody thinks they're going to pastor 20 people their whole life. If they're honest. And I said, I'm going to tell you something today. I've never told anybody. I said, I feel like a failure because I thought I'd be there by now. He goes, wow. He said, and so we talked about that a little more. So Tony asked me to write an article and we published it in 2014 on the unstuck group uh, site. And it was called, uh, I thought I'd be there by now confessions of a small church pastor. They published it. And I heard from pastors all over America, other countries. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I feel. So the seed for stalled came from that. And basically it's my story of feeling like Jesus was mad at me or Jesus was disappointed in me because I hadn't built a big church. Now I know some people go, Oh, you're just so dumb. Well, maybe I am, but I just, I just felt like a failure. You know, I, I, I could not be satisfied with whatever, whatever I did, wherever I was, it was never enough. And so stalled is a very honest, very transparent, um, part of, of my story because I want churches to get healthy. And, and here's the key to the whole book. It's not about just getting healthy churches today. We've got to create healthy churches today to hand off to the next generation. So we can have some healthy churches in the future and we got a lot of work to do. So that's kind of the background, the seed of how uh, the book came about. Uh, I've never written a book in my life and David C. Cook publishing. Thank God for them. They signed me and, uh, and they published the book and uh, it's, it's had a, it's had a good impact. It's really the, the things that people have said about it's been very, very humbling. Yeah. That's, that's very helpful. And I, it's been a blessing to me. So thank you for, for writing that. Yeah. And, sure. and I, I want to do something here that I know Rob, I didn't talk to you about, but that's all right. Uh, if after listening to this podcast or, or whatever, the first uh, five people who send us an email at Jason at churchdocproject.com or Rob at churchdocproject.com and, and mention that they'd like to get a copy of your book, I will send them a free copy uh, of the book stalled, but they have That's to actually nice. email and ask me. Uh, I'm not just going to send it out willy nilly to whoever. Uh, email me and ask me about it, and uh, we will we will send you a free copy. I'll make a step. I'll go a step further. I'll sign it. I'll I'll, I'll sign it and send them to you. If All you right. Want to do that. And that we, way, uh, yep. If if that matters, I mean, yep. people like free to sign books. Hey, I, I've got my copy right here with my nice little, uh, you know. Note I wrote, from you, a Dale. Book. I wrote you, you a book in my book. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dale, can I, can I send you my copy and you can write me a big long note? Yes, in it? I'll let you know, Rob. I'll, I'll do All that right. for you. I'll be glad to. Or y'all could just invite me to play golf again and I'll just sign it on like on the, let's see, let's sign it on about the 12th hole. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm in. Perfect. Let's make it happen. That's awesome. uh, so uh, speaking of the future, we're, we're getting low on time, I know, but what is, Kind of what's your greatest fear and your greatest hope as you look into the future of where the church is and where it's going? Let me flip-flop it, Tate. My greatest fear is, is that uh, pastors are just going to give up and quit. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and they won't, they won't find the help that's available. Cause I, I literally was on a, 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 
a call yesterday with a, with an organization out of Canada. I was, you know, I mean, there's organizations all around the world trying to help with this. And so my greatest fear is that pastors just have given up. But here's what I believe. I believe if you're called, you can't quit. There's nothing wrong with taking a break. There's nothing wrong with getting your head screwed back on. Uh, but you can't quit if you're called. Uh, my greatest hope is, is, is that Jesus is going to move in the church in a way we've never seen. I honestly believe that we are at the beginning of the greatest move of God we've ever seen. And, and part of that, I'll, I'll give you this to you. This is weird. Part of it has to do with like the Avengers. You ever watch the Avengers, the Mar Marvel characters? Remember in the first Avengers movie at the end of it, um, uh, the, the girl looks at Nick Fury and says, you know, but what if, what, how do we know they'll come back? What, how do we know they'll, they'll come back? And he'll go, he says, because we need them to. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the church is, man. Yeah. We, we need the church. There is no plan B. There is, I mean, the politics obviously can't solve it. No, no party's going to solve it. Uh, we need we need churches filled with fire and power and the anointing of the Lord to impact this world for Jesus. And desperate people will will do that. You know, desperate times call for desperate measures and and desperate pastors who just get on their face before God and go, "Look, I got nothing to offer but me." And and, and we hadn't talked about this today, but one of the keys in the book is this: Jesus wants to do ministry through you. He doesn't want us to do ministry for him. So what we want to do is we want to get to this place where we're doing ministry from him and not for him. Because we do ministry from him, he just uses us as a vessel and works through us. We do it for him, and we kind of do it on our own. And so I believe we're making that shift to where we start doing ministry mm -hmm. from him instead of for him. That's good. That's good. So stuff. good. Jason, even if we don't release this podcast, uh, I got three good sermons from this conversation today. Oh, <laughs> I've been set up today. <laughs> this is this is why I like hanging out with Dale. I did just turn around and I got sermons ready to go. I, don't I just want to help prep. pastors, y'all. I love the yeah. church. I love pastors. I, I, it kills me to know that today, this morning, right now, at this time we're recording, there's some pastor in his office bawling his eyes out right now mm -hmm. because he didn't know what to do or she didn't know what to do. I used to lay on the floor of my office and cry for a friend. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody, you know, I, and, and it, it almost killed me. You know, I had... I didn't have anybody mm -hmm. and, and I don't want, I don't want a pastor in the world to ever feel that way. That you didn't have anybody. Obviously, yes, you got Jesus, but I'm so tired. Of everybody saying, you know, giving out these pat answers, like, you know, well, just, you need to pray harder. Oh, come on, dude. Some people have prayed to their knees are raw and they haven't built anything. It's because they haven't been trained. Mm -hmm. And so I love pastors. And, and, and again, the church is all we got. So let's get them healthy. Well, if Amen. you could give uh, if you could give just an encouraging word to kind of wrap this up, what would you tell leaders and pastors uh, as an encouragement? I believe your best days are ahead of you. I believe I believe with all my heart that as desperate times call for desperate measures, that Jesus has you on the earth today for this particular season, this particular time, and He wants to use you uh, again to do ministry through you, not that you do it for Him. But I believe your family is going to be blessed. Your marriage is going to be blessed. Your kids are going to be blessed. Uh, you don't have to keep living in poverty. Uh, you, you know, you may have to get something outside the church to pay your bills, and that's okay. But I believe if you just be willing to just go after him with all your heart, pursue him, learn how to do Sabbath, uh, learn that you don't have to make it happen. You know, I'll wrap with this. One of the things that we do at 95 Network is we pray every Monday morning as a team. And people from all over the country on our team will join us on a Zoom call when they can. And the one thing we pray always is this, that God, please don't let us touch your glory. Mm. You touch your glory in two ways. You touch the glory one by thinking, hey, I did all this. Kind of like Satan, you know. Hey, I, you know, uh, No, no, we, we're not going there. We're never going to say that anything that God's done at 95 Network, we're not going to take credit for it. 
I won't touch the glory that way, but here's how I touch the glory by thinking I got to make it happen. Mm. And I ain't going to make it happen, man. You know, I, I don't want us to get to this place that Samson got to where he, after he played around with his anointing, got, gets up to go fight the enemy and did not realize the spirit of God had departed. Mm. So we do not want to touch the glory. We want to, we just want to be available and let God do it however he wants to do it. Well, we we really do appreciate you taking the time uh, to to be here to be part of this, and and I want to encourage people uh, if you're a listener and you want to find out more about uh, the conferences that 95 Network does, you know, please reach out to me or to reach out 95network.org. Uh, you, you can you can find out more, and and if you're interested in hosting a conference, I know I actually hosted the very first ever 95 yeah. Network on uh, conference. I attended it. You did, you did, and so. Uh, you know, it, it's actually, you know, I was at a small church. Uh, we were not financially, you know, and yet we hosted this. Uh, and so it, it's not a huge problem for you to, you know, to host oh, it. There's, there's no cost to host it. Yeah. Uh, so just putting it together and, and then inviting uh, as many people as you can, and many pastors from the area, you know, you could organize this and, and host one. And I'm sure uh, if you reach out to Dale, uh, we'd be happy to put something together to uh, to make sure that that it happens in your area. Uh, somebody's just got to step up and take the initiative. Uh, so okay, so we're doing a brand new, and I'm developing it right now. We're doing a brand new half day conference uh, called Soul Care Essentials. Okay, it'll be out there. It'll be ready to roll out in about two weeks. All right. So by the time this this actually airs, that'll be two weeks from now. So okay. we'll uh, we'll just plan on about. 35 people contacting you and saying, Hey, we, we want it in this part of the country. Uh, well, we do appreciate you. We appreciate your passion, your heart. And, uh, I, I just want to thank you. And uh, to all the listeners, uh, we appreciate you tuning in, giving us your time, uh, and, and, and listening. And we hope that we have been encouraging. We do hope that out of this, you walk away saying we definitely have, uh, the spirit of God on us. And so we are ready to pursue ministry, uh, with God you're from Jesus and, and not for him. Uh, and, and so with that, I, I hope that you have a great day and uh, please reach out to us, uh, like, like, and share the podcast and subscribe. We appreciate that. You can check us out on the socials as well. Uh, and, and on our website, please, please, please reach out with questions or comments. We love to respond. And again, first five emails that ask for the book, I will send them a signed copy, uh, for free. Have a great day. Thanks again for being part of this. Thanks for joining us today at the Church Talk Podcast. We hope the conversation encouraged and challenged you. We would love to hear from you. Email your questions or comments to jason at churchtalkproject.com. The Church Talk Podcast with Rob and Jason is brought to you by the Church Talk Project. We work to engage, equip, and encourage pastors and church leaders around the world. Thanks for listening.